0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so happy you are here today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Really excited to have Laura Thweet back on the show. Uh, She was first on this podcast in May of 2020, episode 247. Uh, Laura just announced that she is running the Boston Marathon, so that is very exciting. She's a 225 marathoner. She placed fifth at the Olympic Trials in Atlanta. We actually talked on this podcast right after she did that. And uh, this past fall, she had a disappointing race in Chicago, and we're going to get into that a little bit. I am so excited about Laura's new outlook on what 2023 and beyond is going to look like for her life, her racing, her training. She's got a great mindset going on, and you're going to hear all about it. Laura lives in Boulder. She trains with the Boulder Harriers, and we talk about that Coaching transition over the last year as well. This woman is so fun. I could talk to her forever. I feel like that is such a cliche thing that podcast hosts say, but I really feel like that about Laura. She's just easy and fun to talk to and relatable. Honestly, I just want to hop on a weekly call, Laura, and be best friends. Oh, oh, she's also running the USA cross-country championships this weekend in Richmond. So that is super exciting. I can't wait to see what she does. All right, friends. Please come join me in Jacksonville, Florida, the weekend of February 3rd through 5th for the Donna Marathon Weekend. It is going to be a blast. It's a blast every year for a great cause. The Donna Marathon Weekend supports the Donna Foundation, which helps people who are walking through a breast cancer diagnosis and also funds groundbreaking research. There's a 5K, there's a half marathon, and there's a marathon, so you can pick. I usually do the half marathon. You can use the code lindsay 10 for 10% off your registration. The race starts and finishes on the beaches of Jacksonville, Florida at Jacksonville Beach. You don't run on the sand, though. It's a flat, fast course, and the weather is usually awesome. We're going to have a fun shakeout run and meetup, and I cannot wait to see so many of you there. Uh, go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use that code lindsay 10 and that'll get you 10% off your registration. I hope to see you there. Uh, all right. Back on the podcast, Laura Thweed. Thanks for coming on the show, Laura. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I'm stoked to be back. So, woo. So fun talking to you. Why are you so fun? (laughs) <laughs> I'm
1: so honored that you think I f- I'm fun when you reached out to me I was like of course I will come back on I was so honored so
0: <laughs> oh my gosh uh I can't believe and this is such fun timing because I emailed you and then you announced you're running Boston <laughs> yep I know I,
1: I thought about that on Monday I was like perfect timing um so yeah that's the big one finally gonna take that bad boy off so I'm pretty excited a little nervous uh but pretty excited so, yeah, that's a big thing for the year or the first half anyway.
0: Um, how many times have you been to Boston to spectate? So I've only watched the
1: marathon once. I've only been there for marathon weekend one time and it was back in 2019. I ran the 5K um, and then I stayed for marathon Monday and like it was incredible. I think we went to mile 24, like 24 and a half. And we were spectating there and just like the energy and like the crowds. And like, that was the year I think we had three American women in the top 10 and like Jared and Scott broke 209 or 210. And it was like a huge day. And um, yeah, I just remember thinking, I have got to put this up. Like, it's time, it's time to come to Boston. It's time to like see what this is all about but the timing for me has never quite like added up and so uh at the end of last year i was like i'm freaking doing it like this is the year to do it so i'm so excited to finally get my shot to get out there so uh
0: the list like the american oh. women i mean all the women but the american women that's insane it is a field
1: yes it is the best of the best and i mean again that's like why i love the majors is because that's who you know the fields that every single one I've ever done have been incredible, and that's why you go, right? Like you go to not only race the course and to obviously to have the experience, uh, but you go to race the best in the world, the best in the country, and see how you stack up. So, yeah, I'm pumped to get out there. I'm pumped to be part of that field. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's going <laughs> to be awesome. Fun. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go spectate this. Year. You have to go. Yeah. Have you done Boston? Yeah, I've done it three times. Okay, so I've been asking people this last week, like one piece of advice, what would your advice be to me?
0: I love that you're asking me that as an amateur runner, uh, because I have such a hard time talking about courses with pros that I've run because I run it so differently. Like I, I've never run at the intensity that you will run. You know what I mean? Um, but see, I'm not a pro runner, Laura. (laughs) No, I know, but you run that course. I want, I guess I want advice
1: for the course because, I think I'm intimidated a little bit by the setup of it. Like it's weird the early miles, like all that downhill and then surviving that and then having the legs for the second half, when you hit the rollers uh, that's like what I'm worried about. I'm not a great downhill runner and it's just like conditioning for that. Cause I think that's what makes Boston so different from any of the other ones that I've obviously done. So I guess that's what I want advice on is like the course itself. Like how would you approach that or how do you prepare for it and feel like you get out there and you know, like, have you had good days there? Like, are you happy with the days you've had?
0: Well, I've always had weird days there because, okay. So first of all, it was my second marathon in 2009. That's like (laughs) aging me so much. Um, This was like pre-social media, you know, little fish in a big pond. Like I didn't know anybody um, I had just like randomly qualified in my first marathon. So I was like, I gotta go because everybody like talks about this race, but it felt so foreign to me. And it, it really was truly like a different time. I, it, I think yeah. 2009 also in Boston back then you could just like register, like there wasn't this, like, yeah. did I get in? Did I not get in, you know, for the amateurs? Um, and the, the qualifying time was 10 minutes slower. So, so much has changed. But, um, so no, I, I had a terrible race cause I like was so novice. <laughs> Um, the second time I was like coming off a surgery and I had plantar fasciitis. And then the third time uh, I was like eight months postpartum. So <laughs> with my fourth baby. And so
1: like, well, that's impressive that you like slotted it in yeah. after like each of those like huge things. Like I'm impressed.
0: <laughs> well, because I was always like, I, t- to me as someone who's not like, a pro runner like I think of the majors as like celebrations and I will push my body to like what it's capable on that given day but um, I never target those as like PR races for me because there's just so much going on. Um, especially with what I do for work, because I feel like I might have interviews and things like that. So. Well, that's
1: the thing. Yeah, you're working those weekends and then having to race at the end of it. Yeah, I'm sure you're just like, this is a victory lap. Yeah, <laughs> Of yeah. surviving the weekend that is like a major marathon, because, yeah, it is quite the circus, so. <laughs> um,
0: but what I was going to say, and then I changed my mind, because I remember how <laughs> Be- Meb won Boston, like, in yes, 2014, yes. when he, like, we re-, you know, pulled away early and ran by himself, and then, like, nobody had time to catch up to him. Because I was going to say, I would say, Uh, Don't get too excited when it feels so like you're just like sprinting down these hills at the beginning and stay with the pack because, you know, you know, it's really starts after mile 13. Um, You know, and the other thing about Boston, it's like if we can figure out how to do it without killing our hamstrings so much because the last like 5k is pretty downhill. Yeah,
1: well, that's what Um, so I asked Jared for advice like back at TRE because I had like already decided that I was going to do it. And that's what he said. He was like, the second half, like the last like five, eight K, he was like, is actually really fast, but you have to still have like the legs for it. Right. So, like, that's like the tricky part is how do you get to that part of the course and be able to like, ha- like, take it to your advantage or like use some of those downhills to your advantage at the end? Um, cause he was like, when he ran, I think, sub 210. Like, he thought he was dying in that second half because, like, you do feel kind of shot. And then he, like, looked at his watch and he was like, oh, my God, like, I'm flying, you know. So he was like, that's like, that's the whole goal. Oh,
0: And I will say, too, like, I, <laughs> I was, like, screaming this from the rooftops because I did um New York for the first time in 2019. And, uh yeah, no. Yeah, 2019. And um, I had such a fun race and like ran really well. And I was like, New York over Boston. I love New York so much. And then I ran New York this year and it was so miserable and hot. And I was like, I should have just stayed. Oh, the weather this year. Ugh. Yeah. I was like, I should have just stayed with that.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're like, I should have just done the 2019 experience because now it's ruined. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> But I will say you can't be Boylston Street. Yeah. I don't, you know, like the the entirety of the New York experience, I do think I like more as far as like the course goes, but like Mm -hmm. that last finishing stretch, I just don't think you can compare it.
1: Yeah. Like when I was there spectating and we were obviously really close to that point in the course, like I just got, I remember getting like goosebumps and just like feeling like chills and I was spectating. So I was like, I can only imagine what it's like when you're actually out there racing it and like that's like the crowd is like that for like the entirety of the race like everyone gets to experience that and I think that's so cool again I kind of think that's what sets some of these majors apart is just like we're all out there experiencing that together but yeah I remember after watching it and just how I felt watching it I was like man (laughs) I I like a whole nother level to be out there racing it so I'm really excited to just like use that energy and like just soak up the experience this has been on my bucket list for years and I was determined to get it slotted in uh, while I was still kind of at the height of my career um, so I could do it competitively. Um, So, yeah, I'm just excited for the opportunity to finally do Boston, (laughs) finally be like a real marathoner and do Boston.
0: (laughs) Um, You've probably picked her brain already, but you should definitely talk to Kara Goucher about it. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. I should talk to Kara. Yep. Cause she always says like she picked courses like that because of the strength base. Like she says, I knew I wasn't the fastest one out there, but I knew I was like one of the grittiest and on a course like that. Um, And I see you as that way too. Like, how do you feel about that kind of course? Yeah,
1: I definitely think I'm a strength runner. Um, Like I think New York suits me really well. I think Atlanta suited me really well. I think those types of courses where yeah, it just that that require a different type of strength for the marathon, and again, kind of that grind and that grittiness. I think that's who I am as a runner. Like that's, I think, really where I excel. Like my cross country background, I think can like really be on display on courses like that. Um, so again, Boston is unique because it is this weird kind of like net down but it is really a strength course when you think about all the elements that make it up um, and like what's required to really have a great day there and how you have to run it. So that's why I got so excited to do it. Um, You know, like it's fun to do the flat fast courses and like really go for that time. But like when I look back on my experience at Chicago, this last fall, I think I got too far away from who I am as a, as an Mm -hmm. athlete and like I got too far away from my strengths. And so when I was kind of plotting this next year and kind of what I wanted to do as we build into the trials, obviously, I was like, I need to get back to my roots. Like I need to get back to a New York. I need to get back to like a Boston. Like I need to do something that I think just fits me better. Um, and I have more fun with when I'm just competing and you're racing the course and then you're racing the field and you're not really focused on like the clock. Um, so again, that was another reason I was like, it's, it's time to do Boston. And I just got really excited when I thought about it. Cause I was like, man, like, I think that could be my course, you know, I really do. Mm, um, so, so yeah, exciting. so I'm excited.
0: Yeah. That's so exciting. You're, uh, just reminding me of, my conversation with Ellie Hennis that just went out last week because she was talking about how her and her coach Mike Smith have um, shifted the mindset to like, well, A, back to like that childlike time in your Mm -hmm. life when you're out there playing and you're out there like how many bodies can I beat and taking those expectations of like time and things like that just out of it and racing Mm -hmm. for the fun of it. Yep.
1: Yeah. I need to get back to that um, because I just kind of like lost that over the last few years I feel like since since Atlanta I feel like I've really struggled in just kind of finding myself uh and just kind of Mm -hmm. like reconnecting with that confidence um in my ability and so I don't know I think I've just kind of been chasing that and trying to kind of like find that piece of myself again and after this last year I'm like okay I just need to like pump the brakes reset and like really look at like what do I have fun with? What gets me excited? What type of racing do I really connect with and just like start there? Um, So that's why I'm doing like U S cross next weekend. And I'm just trying to kind of like go back to some of the basics of like you just said, of just like that child, like fun with it. And I think once I can kind of fall back into that, I think that's when I really run my best. And like, that's when I typically have my best performances. And I think I just kind of like lost side of that because again it's so easy to get caught up in all these other things and get caught up in all these other people and all these incredible performances and just the way that the sport is shifting right now um that I think last year I kind of like felt like I was losing my place in it and so Mm. then I suddenly was just kind of forcing all the wrong aspects of it trying to like be someone that I'm not um, and try and like race in a way that isn't really me, or train in a way that doesn't quite fit, or force times or force paces, and I just lost the fun of it. So that's my goal this year is to just like chill out, <laughs> and like just bring the fun back a little bit. <laughs> and I think if I can do that, I'll set myself up uh, really well going into next year. So that's the goal, anyway.
0: Gosh, that's so like real and honest. And I mean, I I mean I can resonate with that with with my what I do for work. It's like, you see what everybody else is doing and like what's making headlines and what's exciting. And it's like, well, if you stray too far away from why you were doing it in the first place and what you enjoy about it, like you're not doing what's truly your full self. A hundred percent. And by the time you
1: realize that you're like, so kind of like lost in this like path that you were on thinking that that is what you had to be doing that you're like what the heck am I like what is going on like so I had this like reawakening after Chicago I was like yikes like what are you doing like you're trying to be someone else you're comparing yourself Mm -hmm. to all of these other people um and when you start playing that game as you said you kind of like you know lose why you're doing it and you lose what makes you you Mm -hmm. uh when you're so badly trying to kind of like play off of someone else or other performances, or, you know, I was so focused on things that I haven't done, that I was like losing sight of all the things that I have done. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, I was just kind of like, when I actually look at like my career, I'm just like, I am a badass, like, I have done great things. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not running like 219 right now. But it's like, it doesn't mean that I can't do that. Or it doesn't mean, you know, that. Uh, I have to do that to really like solidify like the legacy I want to like leave behind with my career. Um, It's so different for all of us. And it's just remembering that. And then yeah, it's just getting back to like your strengths and like what makes you you. But last year, I just last year was a challenge. But coming out of it, like you learn, sometimes you have to go through all of that to kind of connect and like refine yourself again. So I'm really grateful for just kind of the ups and downs that like came with last year, it was just kind of a harder year. And I was just kind of disappointed with my performances and just kind of the outcome of everything. But I think in the long run, it's gonna be like one of the best things that could have happened, because I think it's gonna kind of help me recenter myself as I like move forward into these next two years um, and give it everything that I have. So. But yeah, it's not easy when you're in it. (laughs) You're just like, what am I doing? Like, who am I? Like, what's happening? Am I like, I almost retired like five times last year. (laughs) It's like, maybe this isn't for me anymore. Like, I felt like I was so far behind, like what everyone was doing that you're just like, maybe I had my heyday already. Like, maybe I already reached my peak and no one wants to tell me that, you know, (laughs) So all those thoughts enter your mind too.
0: (laughs) But and also like your heyday, like looks different than someone else's heyday, right? For sure. Yep totally that's so yeah, challenging so
1: you it is it's it's such a hard part of our sport of anything of working of you know whatever it is that you're in like I think we all get trapped in that sometimes um and it can be really challenging but if we can find our way to the other side then you always get so much from that because again it kind of helps refocus and like repoint you in the right direction um but yeah that comes with anything that anyone does
0: Hey friends, this episode of the podcast is supported by Gooder. If you are looking for an awesome pair of sunglasses that don't slip around when you're on the go, look no further than Gooder. They have really classic styles as well as really fun and loud styles. My go-to pair are the aviators. I love just the standard black aviator shades. I also love the Breakfast Run to Tiffany's and In races, I like to wear the fun colors. I think it's super fun and brings a little bit of attitude and sass to a race. So go to gooder.com slash another. Use the code ANOTHER15, that's ANOTHER15, to save 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. I was heartbroken for you in Chicago. I just, Thank I, you, you know, and I was on the course, I, I saw you out there I cheered and I, I thought she is so miserable. Like she is not feeling it and you know, trucked it out <laughs> to the end though. That was, oh man, that was brutal. It's like, you know,
1: you, run, I mean, like anyone who runs a marathon, like when you're like six miles in and you're like mm. already digging, well into the depths of your soul at that point, (laughs) you're like, this is not going to be good. (laughs) This is going to be a really hard day. And it was, it was brutal. Um, yeah, I think there was a lot of things. I think, uh, I think physically I just had kind of like overmaxed myself a little bit again, kind of like forcing training, uh, and just the intensity of the training I was doing. Uh, and then I think just psychologically I was struggling as well. And so I think there are a lot of different things at play. But yeah, (laughs) it was a tough day. And like I say, nothing breaks your heart like the marathon. Because as you know, you put so much Mm. stock into one day. You basically like, you dedicate three or four months to this one day. And then when the one day doesn't come together in the way that you want, and the stars don't quite align, oh, you know, and I guess in this day and age, you can turn around and do another marathon. Mm. People are proving that you can do that all the time. I can't do that though. Like I'm good for one to two marathons a year. That's about what I can like emotionally and like psychologically give. Um, so I can't turn around and just do another marathon. So you're kind of like stuck with that performance for like the next couple months. And like, that's also what's so heartbreaking about it. Um, and yeah, it's just like, you have to, have to go through that dark space with it. Um, And take what you need from it and then, you know, kind of start to move forward into the next thing. But it's hard. The marathon is brutal. (laughs) It's just like it's an event like no other.
0: (laughs) It's such a big percentage of your life, too. Like those months leading up. And it's like, you know, they always say like that training cycle isn't lost. You know, you'll use it in your next cycle. But (laughs) it's still a lot of time. A lot of time. It's a lot of time. And it feels lost. Because I took
1: like, almost six weeks off after Chicago, because I was just like, I have to step back from this. And I just like have to completely just like let myself like take a breather. Mm -hmm. Um, So then coming off of like, (laughs) a six week break, uh, you're like, I've never it's like, I've never run a step (laughs) in my life. You're like that. That whole build is gone. And everyone's like, it's not gone. I'm like, yes, it is. (laughs) I'm starting from scratch. (laughs) I can't find Um, it. Did you run? Did you not run at all? So I took two weeks completely off. And then I ran like twice that third week. And then I ran like four times in the fourth week. And then by the fifth and sixth week, I was running like four to five times a week. But I like wasn't running every day. Mm -hmm. And I was running like a half hour to like 45 minutes. Mm um I was just I basically was like I'm gonna run when I want to run and then I'm not gonna run when I don't want to run uh and I'm just gonna kind of like let myself find it again um and just get to a point where I'm enjoying running and then like once I'm kind of enjoying the process of just running every day then I can then I'll know that I'm ready to kind of start putting some training back together um so I just like gave myself like six weeks to just do what i wanted to do and i've never really done that um i've taken time off like that with injury but i've never taken that amount of time off after a race like healthy um but i'm really glad that i did that and i think that's going to set me up for this next year i just needed that time and it's so hard to give yourself permission to do that because especially in running there's like no off season and there's always races and like especially with marathons you have to plan like six months out and people are doing deals already and like you know you have to kind of make those decisions almost before you're ready to but um yeah i'm glad that i finally was just like just take your time like you know i want to do boston but i don't want to like make that decision right now and like you know if it's all full by the time i'm ready and kind of wanting to decide to do that then There's all these other options, you know, in the spring that I can do, like, that's not the end all be all. So I was like, just give yourself that time uh, to check out and just kind of reestablish that balance in your life um, and just get back to enjoying running. And then once you're back in that healthier headspace with it, then that's that's when you want to kind of start planning and like making those decisions and kind of looking at what excites you and uh kind of planning out the next thing but I was like don't do that while you're in like this dark space Mm. (laughs) like definitely let yourself climb out of that uh and then when you're a little bit more stable then you know you can start kind of mapping out like the next thing but it's hard and I think a lot of people I think we all kind of struggle with that at times of just getting ourselves permission to like check out of it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: realize that like that's okay to do, but it's hard to like, it's hard to do that.
0: And also like doing it healthy. Like you mentioned, yeah. you've done it before, but because you're like injured or you're nursing an injury or something, I didn't even think about it being filled up. Like, yeah. Cause they cap the elite field. Well, yeah. And like, again, because there's
1: so few spring options as yeah. far as like, US go. Um, that's, it's like that in London or like the, obviously the only two like majors. And so I knew, and especially with 2024, right around the corner, mm-hmm. you have to get, you have to wonder how many people will actually do falls. You know, how many people are just going to hit out a spring and then like come down and then prep for 2024. So I was like, I'm sure so many people, this is the year they want to do Boston. So I was a little stressed about it, but I was like, all right, well, If it's not in the cards, it's not in the cards, you know, Um, but I was like, I just I just need more time to figure out like, I wanted to make sure I was in the right headspace going into this year, going into my Boston build to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to force it because I was like, Oh my god, like, it might fill up like I might not get a spot like all these other people are going to do it. And then, like, get to January and be like, oh, my God, I am not ready to start a marathon build. So I just, I wanted to kind of get into December and, like, really make sure that I was, like, in the place I want to be before I, like, jump into another marathon block. And that I had, like, appropriately healed from Chicago. And I was, like, ready to do that again. Because after even after a good marathon, sometimes I'm like the thought of doing another one in like four or five months time, you're Mm. like, dear God, no, Like, (laughs) I do not want to do that again. (laughs) I almost like need some time to forget. So I just wanted to make sure that I was going to be like (laughs) excited and ready to jump into another one. Um, And I definitely feel that way. So it all worked out. But I was like, you just have to make sure that you're in the right space and you can't force another marathon. You did that once and it didn't work well. You definitely can't do that again. I want to be in the right place for it.
0: What happens if you commit and then you're you decide to pull back not because of injury like what happens with the relationship with the race and whatnot as a pro? Yeah, that's a good
1: question. Um I mean I think I think race directors of these like big events like understand, but obviously as an athlete like you don't want to burn bridges. You don't obviously want to commit and then pull out, you know, cause these races put so much into the elite fields. They plan so far out in advance. Like they put so much money in every elite athlete. They have budgets for all of that. Like once you commit, like, at least for me, I'm like, I've committed, mm. like I'm not pulling out of this race unless obviously an injury or, or something like really big happens. And it just like wouldn't make sense, like health wise for me to start. Um, because again, those relationships with the race directors are really, really important. And so when I give my commitment, like, you know, that's a big deal for me. So, but again, like everyone's different and I think everyone just has to, like, I think as athletes, you have to be your own advocate. And if you just, whether it's like mentally or physically, you just feel like you're not ready to take that start line. I think just being open and honest with the race directors about what you're going through, like that's all. That's all you can do, and I think they really respect that. It's just how you communicate that to them. I think is important.
0: Who's your agent?
1: I work with Dan Lilo.
0: Oh, okay. I I yeah. can guarantee I've asked you that on a podcast before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't remember.
0: So we're good. <laughs> uh, so you're running the U.S. Cross tr- Champs. Yeah. I, I keep debating on driving over there because I live in oh, Raleigh. You should. Oh, Lindsay, you should come. Oh, It'd be two, so fun. two and a half hours, I think. Two, two and a half hours. Um, oh, yeah, I just I'm going to
1: peer pressure you to come. <laughs>
0: I just realized, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Richmond is so close to me. Yeah, you should
1: come. It's going to be awesome. I know they released the fields. I actually haven't looked at them, but um, – I just Googled
0: it be- like a couple hours ago because I, I wanted to check and see if you were running it, and I was super excited yeah. to see that you were. Yep. Yeah. Are, what's your deal with not looking? Are you just haven't yet, or do you not want to know?
1: I just haven't yet. Slash, <laughs> I don't want to like.
0: I don't. I really won't want say to anything. <laughs> I won't tell you who um, I saw on the list.
1: I think I like know. I think I have like a general like sense of who's running. And again, it's a U.S. champ, and there's a team on the line. So uh... I mean, you know, the fields are going to be are going to be pretty deep. Um, I'm hoping it's a challenging course. I literally know nothing about the course. You know me. The harder, the snowier just like the shittier the better so like fingers (laughs) crossed it's like a terrible day it's really windy Um, but yeah really windy just horrible um but yeah I'm excited like cross country again it's like the one of the purest forms of our sport like Mm. time literally means nothing Mm. you're just competing and so I figured that was a great way to just kick off my year um and just try and be as competitive as I can um do
0: you even wear a watch when you do cross country no does anybody (laughs)
1: I mean, I'm sure some people do, but like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do splits mean on a cross country course? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Nothing. Why would you even waste energy like
0: looking down? <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, don't even do it. Uh, yeah, I'll have a watch on probably because I always like wear one, but okay. I like, never have it like you just, going. Like,
0: wouldn't turn it on. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh no. You're yeah, not gonna not miss that
0: Strava segment, though. Like, what if you what if you get a course record or do you do well, Strava? Fun fact- I was going to say, fun fact about me, Lindsay, I do not have a Strava.
1: Really? I Tell am me super more. Old school. Yeah, I, like, have never gotten a Strava. I think, well, okay, I think I technically have, a, an account because in 2020, Saucony was doing, like, like all these Strava runs um, where, like, you could, like, tune in and, like, we could, like, all run together and, like, quarantine and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I signed up and I have, like, an account, but outside of, like, the few times I used it for that. I've never used it. I don't record anything on it. I know you can make it private. Yeah. uh, But I, for the longest time, I was like, I don't want people, like, I don't want people to know what I'm doing. Like, I don't want that. I want some, I think in this day and age with like social media and just like accessibility to like what everyone is doing. I think that's great in a lot of ways. But I also want to keep some mystery (laughs) yeah. so what I do and some of the things I have coming up or how I'm training or like what my workouts are I think I would get stressed out if I was sharing like what I was doing um sharing everything I like to keep some of my running like for myself
0: I mean, and nothing will scare the shit out of you more than what happened with Emily Info. Totally. So it's like. A hundred percent. And like, I know Molly
1: was also kind of struggling with that when you have like 500,000 followers. Um, Like, Like, I think I shared the story. I think I shared the story on Allie. But um, when we were in Hawaii last December, Emma, Molly and I, when we were doing like our girls trip there, we did like a run one day. Like every day we were pretty much running from like our condo. And on, like, the fourth day, we were, like, running out on the loop we had made, and this guy was, like, out in his driveway, like, night. Like, he was, like, an older guy, and, like, I'm sure he meant nothing by it, but he had, like, come out and was, like, hey, guys, like, I saw on Strava, you guys are here. and like, running this loop every day. I just wanted to come out and, like, say oh. hey. And I didn't, like, at first think anything of it, but then, like, as we kept running, I was, like, does that ever, like, concern you guys? Because, like, they're both on Strava, yeah. and they both have, like, tons of followers, um and again like it was they were saying that there's like privacy settings and like they take certain precautions to make sure that they're not ever like leaving from like their house or things like that and again this guy like was totally innocent but it kind of like that opened my mind and then obviously everything that happened with him like you're you have to be so careful um and so I thought it was good that Molly kind of took a step back from that and again like there's crazies out there, you know, (laughs) like, um, I don't, I just think you have to be so careful. Um, so again, that's another reason I'm like, ah, I'm just not gonna mess with it. Not that I have like, you know, tons of crazy followers, but, but it just
0: takes one crazy person.
1: It just takes one crazy person to like show up on your route or, you know, just like tracking what you're doing or where you like to run from. I don't know. Just kind of makes you uncomfortable when you think about it that way. But
0: yeah, I have my, like, a radius around my house blocked but it's like what okay. good does that really do because then like you're just get a mile outside of it and you're always in that that area and you're always, yeah it's like they, they it just kind of gives
1: people an idea of where you primarily are yeah um and I do a lot of solo running um because I think that's the beauty of running is mm-hmm. like you can run with people and friends but you also have that like component that's like just for yourself um and those days where you just kind of need that outlet for you um, so yeah, I don't, the thought of people knowing where I primarily would be training again, even if not, you know, they're not going to do anything. Uh, it kind of like is unnerving. Um, it just feels like a little bit of a violation of like your privacy within your safe space of training. Um, and it's just like, uh, I don't really want to invite people into that. If I want to post on like Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and like share certain things, that's great. But I want it to kind of be up to me what I choose to share and like what I, What I don't, which, again, I know you can do that on Strava now, but I just don't have one because I'm an old soul. And (laughs) it's just like one more thing, a piece of technology that I have to like navigate. So I'm like, "Eh."
0: (laughs) oh, it's so hard. There's certain things like on social media where sometimes I'll post and I'll like wear my heart on my sleeve and like share Mm -hmm. it all. And then sometimes I'm like, this feels gross. Like, do all these people need to know, like, the depths of my soul here on this specific thing? Um, Yes. You know, it's really hard because sometimes when you write something, you're like, this is compelling, like, in a way that I feel like I'm getting support from my community. And also, I'm being super honest about what I'm walking through right now. But then there's times where I'm like, I just don't think I need to wear that on my sleeve. Like, I just don't – I don't know that that's necessary for – people outside of my like core group to, for, to hear about.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, Lindsay. And that's something that I also kind of struggle like navigating that balance because I want to use my social media as like, I think there's so much power on social media platforms with like relatability mm-hmm. um, and like sharing things like that and having like other people see that and be like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going through that yes. too. Or I've experienced that myself. Like, it's cool to know that I'm not alone in that, you know, like, I think there's a lot of power, um, or like empowerment in that. Um, and I've always found that helpful when like, you know, like shared, you know, like what her New York experience was like, and it like hit the nail on the head to like what my Chicago was like. Um, and Mm -hmm. so knowing that like someone who's like kind of the pinnacle of our sport also steps out there on race day and, Everything had gone right in the build and you're ready for this huge day and it's not there and you're like, what the hell? So like I find that helpful myself. And so I about that when I'm like, should I share this or should I not? But then again, it's like you want to keep some privacy to what you're going through. And so yeah, it's like this balance of like how much do you share in hopes of helping other people or like maybe it gives you that outlet and kind of helps you process what you're going through as you share that. Um and then how much do you where do you draw that line to kind of keep that privacy and that space for yourself as well. Like it's just it's kind of individual for how people navigate that, but it's tricky.
0: Yeah. I know. Sometimes I'm like sometimes that needs to just be like a reflection. You yeah, know, like if we're so quick to share something while we're actually going through it, we haven't like actually processed it ourselves. Totally. And so it's it's like I don't know. So anyway, there's like anxiety stuff I've been going through, and I'm like, this is something that like I'm gonna talk about more down the road. You know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like when you're really in the thick of it and you're going through it, like you just need that space for yourself. Like, I don't feel like we should feel like we have to share that or like we have to kind of expose that process that we're navigating. Yeah. Um, Cause again, I get anxiety around that too. Like, and so, yeah, it's just, I think it's so important to like, take that step back and be like, no, like I don't need to like, this is private. Like this is something that I I'm going through. And then, like you said, when you come out the other side, if there's pieces of that journey that you feel where, yeah, if there's pieces of that journey where it's kind of like, okay, I want to share this part. um, And you can kind of reflect on how you kind of worked through that yourself. I think that's one thing. But yeah, I, I agree. I think I I go through something similar with like that anxiety and just kind of like, you know, when you're in it, it's kind of like you need space just for yourself to like work through that. um, And not, I don't want to like, I wouldn't want to share every like, piece of, what's going on as I'm in a space like that, that would be really hard for me to do. Um, and I get anxiety, like thinking about doing that.
0: <laughs> like 20 years ago, people <laughs> processed things with none of this. None of this.
1: Yeah. We didn't like invite strangers in to kind of like share it with us. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> um, so weird. So it's a different world now. And again, I think you just have to find that balance for yourself on those platforms and decide like what how much you want to share, what you think is important, like what reflections you think um are worth really like opening up about. Cause again, like I think that's the thing with social media too that I struggle with is it's like I want to be somewhat real. Yes. On it. I don't want to just always paint like things are perfect. Like I love everything. Like running so easy. Like everything's great. Cause it's like nine times out of 10, it's like not that way yeah. <laughs> at all. And like every day in some weird way is a struggle. Um, but it's like, because you want to like, have that realness to it. It doesn't mean you have to put everything yeah. on it. Right. Yeah.
0: Totally. I know. Cause I'm like, I also don't want to come off as like, Complaining all the time. <laughs> yeah, same. It's like wow, Laura got super dark. Like, I don't know
1: <laughs> what she's going through. But yikes. yeah, yeah. Again, you gotta find that balance of like light and fun, and then like those moments when you're like, no, I'm gonna like be real and like open up here. about this. But yeah.
0: <laughs> what did you do like in your six weeks off? Like, did you travel? I saw you went on a run with your dad at one point, which I thought was super sweet. Yeah, I um, I went to Key
1: West with my now fiance. Um, and his family.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'm still like in shock. I'm like, wow, (laughs) it doesn't feel real that that happened. Um, But yeah, we went to Key West for a week and that was like right after Chicago, which was like amazing because that was when I was in like my darkest point uh, and thought that I should just like retire from the Mm -hmm. sport. And so getting outside of it and being around people who like literally could give a shit and like just love you because you're you Mm -hmm. um like one of his uncles was like oh my god you were 11th in chicago like that's (laughs) so awesome and i was like oh my god like and like but it was so great because it just like gave you that perspective of like obviously we hold ourselves to such a high standard um and we want that like so much out of ourselves on the day but like people on the outside are like wow like if I could get 11th at a major like that'd be so awesome like I hope you're proud of yourself and so it just kind of like helped me turn my brain the other way um but yeah that was awesome we did Key West for a whole week I'd never been down before it kind of gave me like a New Orleans type vibe mm-hmm. kind of like a Bourbon Street like Mardi Gras kind of like feel it was very fun um and then yeah I went home for my dad's 70th birthday I surprised Good. him um he's still a big runner He tra- he runs like 10 k's like two or three times a week still like amazing um so he and i did a run together up this like ridiculous like trail loop that he has it was actually really hard
0: (laughs) how far do you live Um, from him
1: so boulder's about six hours from durango wow yeah so it's kind of it's all the way down kind of by the four corners area Um, so it's hard to get home because it's such a long way that like you want to stay for like at least four or five days. I can't just like pop in for a weekend. Do you drive? Um, I didn't. I, I, I drive in the summer, but driving in the winter is like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And there's like three mountain passes. No. And I have a GTI with no four wheel drive. So it's like, (laughs) no, um, it's like a 40 minute flight. Not even, it's like probably 35 minutes. So it's super easy. Um, but it was great to like be able to spend time with him um and then yeah I just went out with friends and did a bunch of dancing because like that's my my other outlet I'm a terrible dancer but I love it so much I if I was could a good dancer I'm not Lindsay I'm terrible me too. but I love doing it yes <laughs> if you could dance or sing which me. would you choose oh sing oh you would sing well, over I, dance yeah I love to be a singer like if I could come back and like be Taylor Swift Uh, or like have like Beyonce's voice like I mean that would be my dream
0: (laughs) I mean so I would pick dancing because I feel like but I'm yeah I mean but where are you gonna dance like you can dance all the time but you're not gonna like you know if you can sing you can like go sing um, at, before a game or you know a big event or something, but as a dancer, you're not just gonna like go dance. Somewhere. It's really specific. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go like dance somewhere. I took like three dance classes in college though. Um, and I my joke is that I was almost a dance
0: minor. I think I was like two classes short really? of like minoring it. Yeah.
1: Oh, because you um, just had
0: so much fun doing it, not because you I really had so much wanted fun to doing- minor. It.
1: Oh no, I was so bad. <laughs> One of the hardest classes I took at CU was a hip hop class. Oh my gosh hands down to this day. Like it was, I got a B minus. And everyone's like, why didn't you take it pass or fail? And I was like, because I thought I was going to crush it. Like I thought I was going to go in there. How do you like like, get graded? Yeah. So get this, this was my final. So we had to do, (laughs) my professor brought in a live DJ and there was like 45 of us in this class. And we got in this huge dance circle. And then you had to go out in the circle three different times and perform and incorporate all the different moves that we had learned throughout the entire semester in three different like choreographed like dances that like you put together one of which had to be an air pose where you like go up into like a handstand oh god it was I still have nightmares about it I've never been so nervous and so to practice for that or to study for it, I rented out a racquetball court at our rec center oh and I would go in there with like my like boom box. And I would like play these songs and I would like practice my routines for like hours at the rec center. And I got a B minus because Halfway through my first routine, my teacher, he goes, "Sweet, you have no rhythm." He's like, "Get on the beat." <laughs> I was like, "Am I not on it? Like what is happening?" So then I got so nervous and then I like got too much speed going into my air pose and I like scorpioned and it was like so horrible. The air so, yeah. pose. <laughs> the air pose. And I tried to bust that out at, like, parties for the longest time, and everyone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hip-hop! Like, this is why I took hip-hop, so I could, like, go clubbing because I obviously do that all the time. But that was, like, my, like, thought process when I signed up for hip-hop. I was like, I want dance moves, so, like, when I go out, like, I'm so, like, everyone's gonna be like, whoa, like, check her out. But I'm so bad that, like, no one knew what I was doing. (laughs) this is too good. Yeah, but I love dancing, so just not good at it.
0: (laughs) Do you watch, so this is sad because of twitch but do you watch so you think you can dance
1: i've never seen no i don't watch so you think you can dance oh, i should though it.
0: oh yes you should <laughs> and you like You're reality like right tv now. yes oh i love
1: reality tv it's okay so i need to add good. that to you. okay
0: lots okay. of hip-hop in there that's been around for a long time hasn't it oh yeah i started watching yeah. in like uh 2009 like like very very long and i like i skipped some seasons here and there but like Um, that's why when Twitch died, it was like so emotional for me because I had been watching him since he was on. So you think you can dance in like maybe 2010? I don't know. He's been around for a long time. Uh Um, but yeah, that show is so fun. Okay. I'm going to add that in. And then you'll look all the people up on Instagram and then you'll, you know, waste a lot of time watching them do dances. Yeah. Those rabbit holes. Like I get sucked in
1: very easily. Once you start doing that. Do yeah.
0: you, um do you follow the Williams brothers or the Williams family on Instagram? Mm-mm. It's these four brothers and there's actually six siblings but the four brothers that do dances and I'm like obsessed with oh. them. That's awesome! I'm gonna definitely do that you before definitely we get are done here.
1: That's probably what I'm gonna do the rest of the afternoon. You just <laughs> sit just, and like, watch whatever. them. because <laughs> yeah. when people are good at dancing, it's like you it's can't like it's amazing. It's so incredible what they do. You're like, man, that's an athlete, you know? Oh like, wow. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. A quick break to let you know about Prevenex. This is where I get all of my vitamins and supplements, and they are clinically effective, proven to help with longevity, performance, and everyday health. They have a wonderful protein powder, their Nourify Plus chocolate and vanilla. We use it every day in my house. I use it, my kids use it, we make smoothies with it. It is delicious and it is packed with nutrients. I take their multivitamins and their Joint Health Plus supplement every day. If you have achy joints and you're looking to protect your joints, go check it out. They have a money back guarantee. If you do not see a difference, in 90 days, you will get your money back. They believe in their products. I believe in their products. They also have vitamins for your kids that my kids take, and they have a give back model. So they donate a bottle of children's vitamins to malnourished kids around the world for every purchase that you make. So it's just a great company with high quality ingredients that work. Go to Prevenex.com. use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your first order. And when you support a sponsor of this podcast, you are also supporting this podcast and the work that I do and the people that work behind the show. So for that, I thank you and you'll get really good products as well. So that's Prevenex.com. Use the code another to get 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. Okay, so tell us about running with. Are you still running with the Boulder Harriers? I am. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah,
1: so it's been great. I joined Jonesy a year ago. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary. I officially joined his group like last January. Um, yeah, it's been incredible. He's obviously quite the mentor and just so much wisdom and just his own career and just yeah. Tell the us experience. about him. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Steve Jones, he is a Welshman. He ran for Wales. And he at one time had the world record of the marathon. Wow. Uh, I believe it was 207. Wow, which is he did this in the 80s. Okay, so no super shoes. He said he only took water, like didn't even <laughs> use gels. Like the man was incredible. He did this in like Reeboks from like the 80s. Um and uh yeah so he won chicago i think he won new york london and toronto and he got second in boston twice
0: Mm. um great one to coach you then for boston yeah
1: so i'm super stoked uh to have him like you know in my corner and kind of help me prep uh for this guy and that's why i love working with him is like he's done these majors he's done these races like for the most part you know the courses haven't changed too much like they're the same as what we're running now and um a lot of the way we train is how he trained like he kind of scales things back a little because he was like a maniac and just like (laughs) you know those guys in the 80s would just like every day was hard like they just like did like two workouts a day or they would just run like 150 mile weeks like they just like ran themselves like into the ground um but yeah a lot of what we do is tailored off of the training that he did um and it's very simple um, not a lot of paces, you know, a lot of our workouts are like efforts. So it's like five minute efforts, three minute efforts. Mm. Um, you know, occasionally we'll jump on the track, but like rarely, and then like long runs. And so again, it's just like very simple effort-based training, which is kind of similar to what I was doing my first seven years when I was training with Lee, because Lee trained under Jonesy, just everyone is connected well, in the running world. I was thinking about
0: Lee when you were talking about him, because it was reminding me of him a little bit.
1: Yeah. Lee's training was different. It was kind of like morphed off of Jonesy stuff, but like the idea of it was very similar as far as like, it was largely all effort-based stuff. You know, occasionally we would do like miles or like Ks or like measured things. But um, again, it was like kind of more, it was just very simple training. um, And that as I've gone through my career and I've kind of played around and done different types of training, I've really liked that component of just keeping it simple and just more effort based and listening to your body and like running hard and um just kind of that structure works really well for me. Um and Jonesy's a very simple like old school guy and I feel like I'm kind of old school in my own way. Um so yeah, we we work really well together and he's been a friend for years like back when I was training with Lee and I was just getting into the professional side of things. Like he was always cheering for me and he would send me text messages. I remember he texted me after Atlanta and he said, "Um, the ball's on you. (laughs) And I like died. I was like, wow, Steve Jones texted me that. I'm so (laughs) honored. Um, So he's always been a friend. And so when I was kind of, after I left team boss and I was doing my own thing for the New York marathon and kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, he just stepped in and was like, listen, like um, I'm always here. I'm here to be a friend. I'm here to, you know, bounce ideas off of, you know, I'm here in whatever capacity um you want. But I think you have a lot of talent and I think you have a lot of potential left in the sport. And if you need help at all, like I would love to kind of help you like finish out these last few years and like really go after the things that I know you're capable of and I know you still believe you're capable of. Um So yeah, so we kind of uh, ended up last January. Um, His team is awesome. It's a small group. Um, Most of the guys in the group, you know, have full time jobs, Mm. they have families, Um, they're running and training simply because they love it. And it's an outlet for them. And they have their own goals and their own things that they're shooting for. But it's a very low key mindset. And it's, It's just been a nice fit for me at this phase in my career because it just reminds me like why I run Mm. at the end of the day. Like, sure. Like we're training for things and we want to make teams and we want to win things and we want to run times. But at the end of the day, all of that's possible because you love what you do. Um, And so his team has just really reminded me of like why I'm out there day in and day out. Um, So it's been a really great fit. And, you know, as, with anything, there's an adjustment period. Um, It's very different from what I was doing with team boss. Um, And so I think last year that was part of some of the struggle was just adjusting to this different mindset and this different training, even though, you know, it's the right fit. There's still that period of kind of trusting it and getting confidence out of something new again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think going into the second year, now that we've had a year to kind of learn each other kind of figure out how the other one works. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really great this year as far as like what we can do together. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that.
0: So are you doing a lot of your training runs with the guys then? Is it, are you yeah. the only female? No. So, um,
1: there's a few other women. I'd say there's probably four that come consistently. Um, I don't know if you know, Mayor Tiafori, Mm-mm. Uh, she runs for Israel, but she's okay. made two Olympic teams okay. um, and she's run 229 in the marathon. Okay, um, So she's very, uh, and we used to train together with Lee. We used to be teammates with the Boulder Track Club way back when. So she and I overlap quite a bit. Um, and then there's like three other women, um, but they're full-time moms mm. um, and, you know, have full-time jobs. And so they jump in and out like when their schedules allow. Um, so Moor and I are the ones that are like the other, she's the other female athlete that's consistently there with me, which is great. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's like me and her and like four other guys consistently, which is always fun for me. I always like chasing the guys. It's it's kind of where I thrive. Yeah. feels <laughs> so good. It's fun. Yeah. It feels good. <laughs> so yeah, it's been really
0: fun. So I'm looking forward to year two and
1: yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Is anybody else on the team running Boston?
1: Yes. My teammate Ian Butler.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Is running. He runs for Adidas um, and he's been with Jonesy for like four or five years, but he ran Boston last year and I think he ran 214. Okay. Um, And he ran 209 at the Marathon Project like a couple of years ago.
0: I'm still reflecting on what you said about like, I don't know if I'm wording this right, but like kind of losing yourself a little bit after the trials. Like Mm -hmm. you had such a great race there and then trying to figure out like, what does this mean now for me? And it sounds like you're kind of putting that recipe together for 20, is it 2023? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it
1: is. Dang. I know. I keep forgetting too. I'm like, what year is it? And then you're
0: like, oh my God, it is
1: 2023.
0: <laughs> do you feel like you've just let kind of let the chains down, you know, just like kind of giving yourself the freedom to just do whatever it is and not have the pressure?
1: Yeah, I think I'm finally there. Um, I think it's taken me three years (laughs) to get there because I think think Atlanta was really hard because day for me in so many ways, but it was a heartbreaking day in so many ways. And then COVID happened. So you almost like have that momentum with the trials and you're like, okay, I just fell short, but I had a huge day. Mm -hmm. Like I was fifth. And so you kind of, you know, you start mapping out the rest of what that year looks like. And then everything shut down. And then we were all kind of in this limbo for like a year of just kind of trying to figure out what you do with races getting canceled and just like, obviously all of our lives completely changing in so many ways. Um, and then coming off of COVID, uh, yeah, I just think I really struggled like with all of that, um, more than, I think in the moment I thought that I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at the end of last year, I think I finally had that realization of like this, what you're doing and how you're approaching these things and how you're kind of trying to like force this and comparing like where I am to like where I was and like all of these different things. Like you can't, you can't keep doing that. (laughs) You have to like, just like almost kind of just like start, like over in a sense um so I feel like that's the goal going into this year is like I just want to have fun I want to be relaxed I don't want to force training I don't want to like like I just want to take each day for whatever it is Mm -hmm. and like get the effort on the day but like I don't want to compare myself to like a year ago or compare this marathon to that marathon or compare what I was doing when I was prepping for this one versus how I'm prepping for this one and like yeah I just think like you said that was really such a great way like the chains are kind of like finally like have fallen and I'm like okay like you just have to get back to you and just mm-hmm. enjoying what you do and like do things that you want to do and just have fun with it and I think it's hard to like obviously we're knocking down another Olympic year so like that expectation and stress slowly kind of starts to like start mm-hmm. to bubble up but I think the goal for me is like just make the most of the opportunities that i have this year and again like in this type of career like i'm 34 i don't know you know how much longer i'm going to realistically be able to do what i do and so i really just want to make the most of these next two years and do things like boston and do things that i've always wanted to do um and just have fun doing them because again it's so cool being able to do what i do and i'm so grateful for it and i've done it for such a long time Um, that if I only have two more years, let's say like, I want to look back and really feel like I made the most of it and enjoyed it. And I just stopped enjoying it the last two years. I think 2021 and 2022, I just kind of, I just stopped enjoying it. And I was kind of doing it for the wrong reasons, um, because I was putting so much pressure and expectation on myself, um, for what I thought I had to be doing in order to, be relevant in the sport. Mm. Um, and so when you kind of start doing it for those reasons as opposed to your own, um, it gets murky and you kind of like lose sight of who you are and what running is to you. So that's my goal this year is to really just bring that back. Um and I think if I can do that, then, you know, again, it can be anyone's day. <laughs> so um that's all, you know, so that's true. all I want yeah, I just want to go in with that mindset again and not go in thinking that I have to race like someone else or be kind of someone, you know, like, I just want to go in being me. Mm -hmm. So this is 2023 is my year of like rediscovery of like myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just like, being like getting that confidence back in who I am and all the difficult, challenging things I've been through, like letting those things just be part of my story and like shape, you know, like what the next two years are. And like it turn all of that into like a positive you know um and not get stuck in the hard things um like use the hard things to kind of build the momentum for the next few years so that's my my goal
0: but when you talk about the next two years it's like are you thinking like physically or mentally because clearly like women are running so fast in like their early 40s even and so I'm just curious like do you because I think so often we put like okay, this age is the age where like, I'm going to start not being able to produce X, Y, Z, but it's been proven that we can, you've been doing this for so long. So are you thinking it's more mental or physical? Like you might just want to be like, I've put so much into this by now. I think I might be done by then. I mean, I guess
1: it depends on the day. Like, like it has been so inspiring and incredible to see the limits that women are pushing, especially in the marathon. Like you have people like Kira and Sarah who are like, and you know, like Des who are like in their late 40 or in their late thirties and they're running the best they've ever run. Um, and they're doing things that they weren't doing like five years, 10 years prior when they were, you know, what, when they were in what was thought like the peak, right. you know? Um, so they're really pushing that envelope. And so I see that and I'm like, yeah, like, obviously I don't want to put like a hard stamp on it. Like, you know, I think, if I stayed healthy and I have the enjoyment for it, I think I could almost push another cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I guess, you know, it also depends like what I get out of it these next two years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and just kind of where I'm at, you know, at the end of 2024 and like maybe goals that I still have for myself or, you know, who knows, maybe I'll make an Olympic team. Medal in Paris, and then like mic drop and be out. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, like I'm like I don't know. <laughs> <ya>. <laughs> um, or obviously, if you know that trajectory were to happen, like obviously, you know, of course, why wouldn't you like keep going and um, riding that high? Like it just, it just all depends. I think it just depends where physically I'm at and like mentally I'm at, um, and if I'm still in a really good space with it, and I'm really enjoying and loving what I'm doing, um, then yeah, why not? Why stop there? Um, but I guess yeah, you just don't know um and I do also if I miss the team you know you think about the heartbreak that comes with that mm. you're like will that kill me and then like that's it <laughs> like I don't like I don't know um so it really I think just depends but you're absolutely right like the beauty of our sport is like there isn't really a hard limit I think it's like like you'll know when like you're ready for that transition and so Obviously, I don't feel that way now. Yeah, um, but it's just paying attention to like when you feel that yourself. Um, so,
0: and you could be like Steph Bruce and decide never mind.
1: Totally, I know <laughs> I love that. She's like, "Psych, I'm coming back." That's <laughs> so good. You're like, "Well," and I laugh because I was like, "Dude, you should like look at the freaking year you just had." Yeah. Like, she probably had one of the best years she's ever had uh-huh. across all the distances. Um, and again, she's a mother of two and, you know, in her late thirties. So, um, we're surrounded by these women who have proven if you love it and you're able to stay healthy, there really is no limit on like what you can do as you age. Um, so it is pretty, it, it is a really great time to be in the sport. I think as, as a female athlete, um, especially in the marathon, I think it's just really incredible, um, to be surrounded by some of the women that. We currently have um to kind of like give you that momentum of like shit like if they're doing that like I could definitely do that too you know um so yeah I definitely have some big goals for myself when I look at what my competitors are doing um it is pretty cool so we definitely I think feed off each other in that way which is awesome
0: and I love it you said it it can be anybody's day anyone's day that's why I freaking love running like yeah Of course,
1: paper, like times on paper, but that it doesn't mean it literally means nothing, especially in the marathon. Like if you look at, yeah, in Boston, like if you look at 2020, the three women that made that team, no one predicted those three women to make that team. Like I freaking love it. Like that is why we have trials. Like that is why we do what we do because especially over 26 miles, like, I mean, it can anything can happen, and like I think that's why I also love the marathon so much. Like it just, it, who can grind it out? Like who can you know who can just like show up with that toughness and that grit and just grind? You know, like it's awesome. So,
0: I'm picturing you on the podium in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Things, Lindsay, put it out there. Put it out there. Put <laughs> it, it out there. there. Put it in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, by the way, I wrote this down from your Instagram, which I love. I loved this quote that you pulled from the picture of you in Chicago. Like, oh. yeah, the super relaxed picture. Yeah. <laughs> Tension is who you think you should be. Relaxation is who you are. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I have to tell myself that every day. I'm like clenching my jaws. My shoulders are up. And it's like, let it go. Let it go. Let it yeah. go. It's let beautiful. it go.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I know I saw that and I was like, Oh, it was just like that appeared at like the perfect time. And you're just like, yeah, Oof. like, like, it, yeah, it's just one of those where you're like, Whoa, like, how did this perfectly just appear in my life? Like right in the moment when you need some, like you need that reminder. It was very cool. So good. <laughs> so I see that I had to share. Yeah. So good. <laughs> um,
0: all right. Well, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you interested in right now? We'll wrap up with that. Let's see.
1: What am I watching? Well, I'm always wa- watching uh, or rewatching The Office. Mm. Um, just have it, like, in the background some days when you just, like, need that lift. Um, in between all of, like, the 2020, like, murder mysteries that I watch. Um, That's my side Yeah, exactly. I think everyone has, like, a comfort show. Yeah, totally. Um, and in the winter, I really lean on my comfort shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wrapped up Love Island mm. um, on Netflix. Is it's a good? Um, so... It is. It's good if you like that type of reality TV. Um, It's, like, too hot to handle, but, like, (laughs) a little bit of a different spin. Um, But I, like, thrive on shows like that. So I just finished that. Um, I'm also obsessed with uh, Maverick Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick. Like, I literally cannot stop watching that movie. Um, So that's, like, my go-to movie right now. And then I'm reading – I'm currently reading um, Joanna Gaines' book, Oh. Uh, the stories we tell. And it's fantastic. Really? She's like speaking directly to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought about picking that up. And I was like, I'm not really like a homemaker or like, no, okay, it's
1: not about that. It's, um, it's basically her like biography, like she oh. like, dives deep into like her past. And basically, it's just like, she's just walking through all these different like lessons she's learned throughout her life and like different phases and things she struggled with, uh, things that have really helped her like redirect and kind of overcome. Um, so it's, it's purely about like who she is and how she got to be who she became, but like the things she still struggles with. Um, and it's just very like open, honest, and like a very real account. Um, It's really good. Like, it's very relatable to me right now in, like, a lot of different ways. But her whole thing is, like, share, like, stories and power who we are. And, like, we shouldn't hide from them. Even, like, the hard, like, yucky, difficult parts. Like, we learn so much from those. And they shape us into who we become. Um, And it's just owning our journeys, whatever they may have in them. um, And how she's really, like how she's trying to do that now that she's like 40 and she's kind of had this realization of owning these hard things from her past and um, what she's learned from them and how she's kind of like trying to apply that as she continues to kind of like move forward into like the second part of her life. Mm. So it's really good. So yeah, it's more about like who she is and the things she struggled with personally versus like her like show.
0: Um, Is she really only 40? I think that's what she said
1: in her book. I think she said she turned, maybe it was 44. Shoot, now I can't remember. But she's in her early 40s. Early 40s, yeah. Yeah.
0: It is hard. Like, I'm turning 40 this year, and there's a lot of thoughts. New decade, Lindsay, a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of feelings. There's a lot lot of of feelings around this. A lot of it. Um, Well, I'm reading Bono's book, and he broke his Mm. thoughts up into, like, that he's entering the third act of his life, which he's like, I think he's in his early sixties. So I'm like, okay, if there's three acts, I'm, I guess I'm part two now yeah, of course or maybe two. have
1: been for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Part two is going to be awesome. I love it. I think forties. I um. It's funny. I was talking to um. My boss at Saucony, Kelly Brinkley. Um. And she was uh. Kelly Wells was her maiden name. And she was like a superstar, uh, an Olympian, bronze medalist. And oh wow. She's amazing. Um. Yeah. In the hurdles. Um, oh, I should interview her. But she. Her. You. Oh my God. You should, Lindsay. She's amazing. Her and then the CEO of Saucony, and She's. They're like incredible, incredible women um but Kelly just turned 40 and so she was telling me at TRE how like there was like panic leading up to turning 40 but then she like turned 40 and she was like I weirdly just had this like release or this kind of like freedom of like I know who I am I'm confident in who I am like I don't you know like I like I'm just gonna be like she's like I feel like I'm more myself than I've ever been and I'm more confident in who I am and like what I want than I've really ever been. And she was like, I'm really embracing this next decade. And I'm really embracing 40 and just like, yeah, like she was just kind of like, I'm like empowered by it now. Mm. And so she was like, "Um, I'm 40 and I'm a badass and I'm doing all these things. And like, it was just like, yeah. So anyway, you should, you should bring her on. I think you two would hit it off and she's incredible. She's an awesome awesome woman. I I need that energy. You do. I know after talking to her for like 10 minutes about 40, I was like, bring on 40, right? Like, I'm like
0: 34. And I'm like, I'm ready. <laughs>
1: I'm like, let's do this. So she like made me
0: want to be 40. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird how fast it goes though, because like we moved out here to Raleigh and I was still 37. Um, and I'm like, how am I? I haven't been here that long. How am I about to be? Yeah. You're like, it
1: hasn't been three years. Like that can't be right.
0: (laughs) Like we just got here. And I was like almost 38, you know, when we moved, but anyway, um, Oh my goodness. Well, I always wrap up with what's your message to leave with the audience, which I've asked you that before, but do you have something you want to say? I would just say like, it's kind
1: of corny, but like, I'm, I kind of like corny. Um, I would just say that like, you are your superpower. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, have lost sight of that. Mm -hmm. And I think in this day and age, it's very easy to compare and to think, you know, we have fallen short or that we should be doing this or we should Mm -hmm. be doing that or whatever. Um, And you kind of lose sight of the fact that like you are a badass and that you have done all these incredible things and overcome and work through challenges and had successes and just focusing in on, on some of that and being confident in, in who you are, um, is where I would leave it. Cause that's my goal this year. <laughs> so I'm trying to reconnect with that <laughs> easier said than done, <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to remind myself of.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks Lindsay. All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Laura, for coming on the podcast. I just love talking to you so very much. If you all are not already following Laura on social media, you need to go make that happen. She is L Thweet, T-H-W-E-A-T-T over there. I hope to see you in Jacksonville, Florida very soon, the weekend of February 3rd through 5th for the Donna Marathon weekend. It is just gonna be a blast and I cannot wait to get to see everybody and experience this weekend where we all support the Donna Foundation. Don't forget to go to breastcancermarathon.com. Go register. Just go do it. Use the code LINDSAY10 for 10% off your registration of the 5K, the half marathon, the marathon. I'm doing the half marathon. I'll probably run around a 150. So if you're around that pace, I'd love to run with you. Uh, All right, friends. Uh, You can find me. I'm lindsayhine626 on Instagram, at lindsayhine on Twitter. And we have a great Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. And we'd love to connect with you there. You can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. I do host a podcast for parents called Why Is Everyone Yelling? So go check that out too. I love hosting over there. Oh, we are launching a coaching series coming up sponsored by VDOT, which is the coaching platform I use. So I'm really excited about that. And that series is going to start in February. So mark your calendars. It's going to be a good time and you'll be getting two episodes a week for six weeks straight. So that'll be exciting. Uh, all right, friends have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week.